Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. Lucy Catherine, free a day. Today is Friday, Halloween. Is everyone ready? In they go. Mum hated the plastic skeleton masks and polyester vampire cloaks they sold in the supermarkets. She never let me go trick or treating. She said such things were American. Which basically meant they were rubbish. First one to get an apple wins the chocolate. One year, some other kids from the street came over and we did apple bobbing. Hands behind the back, no cheating. Go! The apples went into a big tub and we were all pushing and shoving each other to get a decent space around the edge. This was back before the crackdown on gatherings that came at the time of the H3N1 pandemic. Yay! Unhygienic fun of that kind would not be allowed now. That was when things were good. Yay! A high point before the gradual transformation of my life into a tiny, empty shell. Well done. Only you could have done this, Daniel. That is why you're so special. The manor house is some distance from Harland. A remote and secluded place with a high stone wall enclosing the grounds. My dad leads the way past the ornamental fish ponds, acting as if he owns the place. Where are you taking us? Mr. Fording Bridge is waiting for you in the Rose Garden. How come these ponds are so full of water? There's a drought. It's this way. The Rose Garden is located in a sunken terrace to one side of the house, with a view down to rows of tall trees guarding the banks of a stream. Welcome all. Please sit down. It's still early, and there's a chill in the air. Mr. Fordingbridge has a blanket over his knees, sitting in his chair, sipping coffee from a porcelain cup. I love this time of the morning. It seems very peaceful here. I've never heard so many birds. A few of them are real. Mostly those sounds are digital facsimiles. We do our best to support the wild population, but their numbers continue to dwindle. Normally, on a bright autumnal morning like this one, one would also hear the stream burbling away over the stones. Alas, it dried up a month ago. Do you need me for anything else? Uh, Not if you have other things that need attending to, Morris. The on-site team is clearing up, but it would be helpful if I could supervise from here. Go ahead. The war room is at your disposal. Thank you. What's going on with my dad? He retired. Now he's just another old bloke on his allotment preparing his followers for the apocalypse. For someone like myself, it's extremely unusual to find someone genuinely to be trusted. Your father has worked with me for nearly 40 years. He has relinquished most of his duties, but I keep him on a retainer for situations which require the utmost discretion. Like this one? Exactly like this one. Why was Evie Bennett held in that room? For her own safety and that of the child. If the intention was to protect her, it wasn't a great success. She's dead. I know. 
It's heartbreaking after having kept us secure for so long. We knew the enemy was strong, but we underestimated how strong. A mistake for which Evie has paid an enormous price. The enemy is a demon. Its powers may be infinite. There are limits. It is not of this world. It is a wanderer. It slips between different times and realities in a way that we do not yet understand. But it is far from all-powerful, which is why it has taken the child. It needs her. Where have they gone? Come inside. I'll show you what we know. I have no idea how old Fordingbridge is, but he moves incredibly slowly, like a man who has been in the world a very, very long time. Such is his air of authority that even though I feel I ought to reach out and help him, I'm too intimidated to offer. In the end, it takes almost 15 minutes to reach the door into the house. It must be hard for you to comprehend how someone as old as me can still actually be alive. Not at all. You seem very sprightly. Uh, Would you get the door? Of course. Much appreciated. It is polite of you to lie, but I am far from sprightly, and I am horribly aware of my advanced years. It's one of the reasons I love living here. It helps to be surrounded by something even older than yourself. How old is the place? Most of the building dates back to the 17th century, but there are elements within the structure that are even older than that. There was a priory situated here. The later house was built on top of the roof. So uh, where are you taking us now? To the war room, where your father is. You at war? Always. That must be tiring. (laughs) It's a joke, really. It's the only room in the house which exists in the 21st century. It's where I can monitor my business interests remotely like a general far back behind the lines. Uh, This way. He invites me to go on ahead while he inches his way forward. Lindsay follows behind anxiously, half expecting him to crumple into a heap of brittle old bones at any second. I enter the war room, which has bare stone walls and a low ceiling. It seems to be entirely empty, apart from a desk in one corner with a touchscreen keyboard built into it. My dad stands next to it. Here you are, in the belly of the beast. And here you are too. What's all this about? Preparation. You retired. You grow veg and make online videos for your friends about double digging. You've clearly never watched them. I'm strictly no dig. Much better for soil health. Uh, What are you doing here then? Look at this. He types a command into the keyboard and an exquisitely detailed 3D holographic model of Harland appears, completely filling the room. I'm standing by the police station, towering over it like a new Gulliver, or Godzilla perhaps. Every street, flyover, roundabout and house is perfectly replicated. At the opposite end of the room, surrounded by the perimeter fence, is a representation of the sinkhole. A large, black, boiling mass beneath it. It's all centred on Harland. Mr Fordingbridge has spent a fortune and half a lifetime trying to understand it. What? The end. And how to avoid it. The end? Of everything. The apocalypse. 
Some call it Armageddon, or the climate catastrophe. I call it the rise of the darkness. And you're trying to stop it from happening? To save us all. How? The child is the spawn of the demon and a hare witch. Great power resides within her. The demon has taken her to exploit that power. Everything is at risk if we cannot retrieve her. This is all my fault. Not at all. The fault lines have been located here for thousands of years. Hareland has always been a portal between the seen and the unseen, between light and dark. That is why an abbey was built here in the 11th century. It is why I started the Order of Malangeth to find the last witches of Hareland. To find them and protect them. We need them now more than ever. Why? Look around you. Nature is in crisis and so are we. Birds fall from the sky. Fish drown in the air. A sinkhole that cannot be filled has broken open the earth. Harland is the epicenter. It always was. How did you know Evie was significant? The delightful Jess Clark, who worked for me, identified her importance through studying the lineage of the hair witches. Initially, a doctor who was running a project looking into the sleeping sickness agreed to watch over her, but he disappeared along with all his research. Dr. Okafor, Sarah knew him. Where did he go? We have never found a body, so it remains a mystery. After he disappeared, we arranged with her father to bring Evie to a specially equipped room at the Fordingbridge headquarters so she would be safe. And so she was until last night. Well, what do we do now? You know what to do. How would I know that? She has been sending you messages in the game, hasn't she? Uh, what is it called, Morris? In Charter's Law. Uh, no one sent me anything in the game. Hair, hair, God send thee care. How do you know that phrase? How do you? Sarah. Sarah. Uh, she's dead. She is between worlds. How do we find her? The zone around the sinkhole. The way must be there. Oh, we've tried that. There's no way in. And it's dangerous. Why don't you send a drone in or something? Nothing electrical functions once it's crossed the boundary of the zone. All our attempts to get in remotely have failed. The demon has taken the baby there. We need you to follow. Sarah will come to you and be your guide. You have no idea what you're saying. Dan, we have to get in there. We have to. Why do we? Because you are the connection. Think about it. Everything you recorded in your journal, you knew it all fitted together somehow. You couldn't find a way to unlock it. You knew about my journal? You were missing the key. Was it you that took it? You are the key, Dan. This is nothing to do with me. I'll do it. Lindsay! I'm also connected. I can't stop thinking about it. I have to get in there. I have to put right what I have done. You can go with him. But Dan is essential. Why am I? The demon is your doppelganger. There is a reason for this. Only you can find out why. We'll touch down in about four minutes. The autonocopter takes us back over Harland towards the sinkhole. We pass above the dry bed of the lake. The crescent-shaped stone at its centre shines unnaturally in the morning light. 
Standing beside it, on its hind legs, is a hare. The chopper blades send a breeze over the dead landscape, making it bolt across the baked mud. Anxiety rises. I do what I always do when nothing else helps. Loading. Enchanter's Law. The Valley of the Ferns. Once again lush and green, a gentle rain falling. I stand on the track and look down at the abbey, now a ruin. A giant tree grows through the roof. Branches have broken every window. High up in the canopy, thousands of starlings jostle as they prepare to roost. A figure in a long green cloak stands ahead of me. There is no path to reach the one you seek. You must make your own. Serena? Who are you? A messenger. Read the land to find a safe way through. How do I do that? Learn the language. She turns into a large black crow and flies away down the green hillside. We land close to the perimeter fence. Just down there. If you crawl in, you'll find a little culvert that takes you under the fence and inside the exclusion zone. Are you ready, Lindsay? Ready. Goodbye, Dan. Uh, shouldn't you have said good luck? See you soon. I hope. My relationship with my father is very dysfunctional, have you noticed? You can go into therapy later. Now we have a job to do. Shouldn't we have special suits or something? Overalls, at least. I doubt that would make much difference. Oh, well, that's OK, then. Jeans and a T-shirt should be fine. We can do this. It's not your evil twin in there. I have unfinished business with the demon. Oh, I hope not. I watched the business you had with him first time round, and I do not want to see a rerun. I was tricked. He will pay for what he did. Let's go. We crawl through the dry, dead grass and discover the tiny concrete passageway under the fence. As we emerge on the inside, I can make out the outline of a road, the tarmac cracked, an abandoned, desolate car with flat tyres and grass growing up through the windscreen. A road sign speaks from the estate's distant past. Children crossing. No children here anymore. Or maybe just one. If we can find her. We walk down what was once a new-built suburban street in the Briarwood Estate. It's less than 18 months since it was cordoned off, but already it's almost a forest. Everywhere I look, vegetation is growing through concrete, tarmac and brick. House after house, swamped by ivy and brambles. Above us, starlings swirl in the sky. How long have we been in here? Ten minutes. That can't be right. What do you mean? It's getting dark. It was early morning only a few moments ago. So we've been walking all day, then? Well, we just arrived. Look at the sun. It's going down. The birds are roosting. That's impossible. It's not the only thing. Look at that tree. That's an oak tree, five, six metres tall. Probably. Growing in the centre of the road on a pedestrian crossing. But it would take years to grow that big. Everything's incredibly green here. It seems bigger than I remember, too. And where is the sinkhole? It was never this far away from the perimeter fence. I'm lost. Shit. What? Up ahead. Look. Oh, my God. Oh. Standing behind a tangle of overgrown rose bushes next to an upturned wheelie bin is a large grey wolf. It looks up and sees us, watching with hungry eyes. It's not scared of us. Do you think we should run? Look at it. 
It's the size of a bear. I can never outrun it. Do you trust me, Lindsay? Not really. I need you to. Why? What are you going to do? Hold my hand. We're going into the game together. Loading. Enchanter's Law. The game is in me. I'm able to will us both into that world. To lay the world of Enchanter's Law over the world inside the exclusion zone. Where are we? The Valley of the Ferns. That's the Abbey of St. Carsten. It's a ruin now. The tree destroyed it. How did you bring me here? We are in the zone, but we're also in the game at the same time. Except we're ourselves, not in-game characters. And I haven't got a horse. How is this helping? We need to learn the language of the zone. The wolf has come with us. It stands on the track ahead. It looks me in the eye and I can hear it. Everything in the land has a voice. It's growling at us. No. It's speaking to us. Oh, not to me. It turns and trots away into the dark undergrowth. All Hallows' Eve. Bobbing apples. Mum didn't believe in buying plastic tat. She made stick figures and dressed them in cloth she dyed with beetroot juice. Then she hung them around the house. You're special, Daniel. When the cat died, she didn't bury him. She put him in a cavity in the wall. You're special, Daniel. Don't ever forget it. I did forget it. I forgot everything. Dan? Dan? Where are you? Right here. Where did you go? I didn't go anywhere. You vanished. I've been wandering through the forest looking for you for hours. What are you talking about? I don't know. Maybe it was just an hour. Maybe it was ten. I I can't tell anymore. And then I came out into a clearing and you were standing under the moon in this stubble field and there was a hare on its hind legs looking at you. Hair mask? No. An actual hare. I think you were talking to it. I was talking to a hare? Yes. What was I saying? I don't bloody know. You must have blacked out for a moment. It's this place. I don't like this place. Let's keep following the wolf. Where? Past the abbey. There's a light. Just beyond the hedge. Looks like a bonfire. What should we do? We go over there. We pass the hedge. Everything changes. A deserted suburban cul-de-sac. No bonfire. Just clipped privet hedges and tidy postage stamp lawns. A street name. Hurley Road. 28 Hurley Road. Evie's house. Where the sinkhole was. The sinkhole. Yes. The door to number 28 opens and I walk out of the door. Hair mask. He's carrying a tiny newborn baby. He glitches in and out just as I remember. He looks directly at me. My face. My eyes. Evie's baby. What do we do? Hairmask walks up to the garden gate, turns to look back at the house, and as he does so, it collapses. The sinkhole appears before us, a huge black circular scar, revolving and alive. The house is swallowed in an instant. The baby! He's going to drop the baby! Stay away from the edge! We need to get the baby! I'll get her. Hey, you, it's time we had a word. You've stolen something from me! I reach him. I could touch him if I stretched my arm out. He doesn't flinch. He doesn't blink. He looks at me with an expression I can't discern. Is it curiosity? Recognition? I don't care. I'm ready to explode. Give me back my face right now, you 
bastard piece of shit! A faint smile on his lips. And then he's gone. And there, in his place, is an enormous creature, standing on two legs with the head of a horned goat. The demon shows its true self. I'm regretting what I said now. I preferred it when it was me. Get the baby. It turns and walks away from me towards the sinkhole. No, 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 no! It's gonna jump in! It's taking the baby! Stop it! Dad! Stop it! I run towards it, towards the edge. I can feel the pull of it, the gravity pull. I remember she called it a black hole. From nowhere, the wolf that led us here leaps at the demon, clamping its jaws around the throat. The baby falls from its grip into my arms just as the two creatures lose their balance and fall, spinning down into infinity. You did it. You saved the day. Here, let me take her. She got white. I didn't hurt her, did I? It's not a baby, Dan. What? Come on. You know what has to be done. Not a pleasant job. Best to get it over with and get out of here. Uh, I don't understand. This little girl... Is the Antichrist. Don't be ridiculous. It's Evie's baby. The spawn of a demon. I was instrumental in bringing it into the world. And so now I must take it out of the world. You've gone insane. What's that? My knife. Put it away. I was hoping there would be another way. Somewhere I could be sure it was done, but without having to feel the pain or the guilt. But there is none. I have to do it with my own hands and see myself do it with my own eyes. What are you going to do? It has to die, Dan. Oh, my God, you're serious. Straight back! You can't kill a baby. You're not a psychopath. Why did you think I came back here? Why do you think I made you help me? I had to put this right. It's the only way, Dan. If it lives, then we're all doomed. No. No, Lindsay, no! A crow swoops down from out of the endless blue sky and savagely goes to Lindsay's eyes. She falls to the ground in a blur of black feathers, which at some point transform into a cloak tied around the shoulders of a woman. Lindsay lies on the ground, bleeding from the neck. The woman stands up, holding the bloody knife. She looks at me and smiles. She looks just as beautiful as I remember. She drops the knife in the grass, and as she does so, vines grow around it and it disappears into the earth. Sarah... All right, little one. You're going to be safe now. Are you talking to me or the baby? Oh. Both of you. I missed you. Did you? Well, up until I saw you savaging an ex-vicar, yes. She was about to cut a baby's throat. Yeah, I admit she had some issues. I missed you too. I've been trying to reach you. In the game. You were Serena. Yes. Where have you been? The other place. I am a hair witch. I am one of the four. And Evie's baby? She's the most powerful witch of all. What shall we call her? What? She's our baby now. I think we should call her Bluebell. Reminds me of a dream I had. Where am I? place I sense I know from long ago. A grassland leading to the edge of a wood. Spring sunshine, bright, sharp air, early morning. I'm not alone. She's with me, in a clearing, 
Beneath a great old tree, a bed of wild garlic, bluebell and enchanter's nightshade. It looks so inviting, I lie down with her. The leaves and flowers become a nest around us. And then I am sinking into the welcoming earth and into her kiss. I've dreamt of this too. I love you, Sarah. I know. Can we stay here forever? It's very tempting. I much prefer it here to Harland. We are still in Harland. Just in a different time. A different way. Let's stay. We can't. We have work to do. There's a battle looming. We have to rally the troops. This has nothing to do with me. Of course it does. It's all connected. I don't see how. Let me show you. All Hallows' Eve. Apple-bobbing children. Stick figures in blood-red cloth hang from the lampshades in the door frames. Hello, Daniel. Mum, you were dead. You died when I was a child. I've been waiting a long time for you to find me. What did I always tell you? That I'm special? She was one of the four. A, a witch? A hair witch of Harland. You forgot who you were. You lost your way. I'm sorry, Mum. Hey, you're back now. Just as it's all about to kick off, keep the baby safe. Without her, we're lost. What? It's already started. Listen. They're lighting the fires. I wake in a small, dark den that smells of earth and wood smoke. I'm holding the sleeping baby, the most powerful witch of them all. I can see through a crack into another world. The shopping mall atrium. Shiny Halloween banners, plastic skeletons and trick-or-treat pumpkins. There are firefighters everywhere. I struggle out through it and into the light of Harland. I'm carrying the baby and see where I've come from. The trunk of the ancient witch elm. I look up. It's on fire. Starlings falling from the sky, dead all around me. I hurry out into the car park. Is it Hazel or Willow? I don't know. I watch as the flames engulf the huge tree, break through the glass atrium and send sparks up into the darkening sky. The whole of Harland is illuminated. There is electricity in the air. I hold the baby close. A hair lopes out from beneath the street lamp and together we watch the modern world becoming an inferno. In Harland by Lucy Catherine. Dan was played by Tiger Drew Honey. Lindsay by Jasmine Hyde. Sarah by Aisha Antoine. And Fording Bridge by Sean Baker. Sadie was Melissa Advani. Morris, Rupert Holiday Evans. Serena, Chloe Sommer. Bob, David Hounslow. And Janice, Fiona Skinner. Other parts were played by Tom Kitely, Jonathan Forbes, and Joanna Monroe. Sound design was by Caleb Knightley. The director was Toby Swift. Harland was a BBC audio production for BBC Radio 4. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.